Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast series. I'm your host, Ryan Briganti. Today, one of my amazing friends that lives in New York is on the other line, and his name is Evan. What's going on, Evan? How are you? Hey, Ryan. How's everything? Uh, thanks for having me. I'm pretty excited to be on the show. Yeah, absolutely. So a little backstory on Evan. Evan and I met in New York City when I was traveling to spread awareness about Kleinfelter syndrome. And he was diagnosed. His wife actually got into touch with me through Instagram, had some questions. And then we met up in Brooklyn. And from then we've been friends. Um, obviously, I'm in San Diego and you're in New York. But so mm-hmm. what? So what's going on? How are you? How's, um, you know, Kleinfelder syndrome? And what was life like when you were diagnosed? Oh, well, well, I guess kind of like start from the beginning where um, my wife, she she actually reached out to you through Instagram. And I remember prior to even going to it, I was just like, no, I'm not going to meet up with a bunch of other people that have the same condition as me. Because when I found out the news of having Kleinfelders, I mean, like anybody else, it's like, it's, it's just shocking. Like, is this even possible to have an extra chromosome or just simply like, am I, am I different? Am I abnormal or something along those lines? And, you know, through my wife and I, we tried to have children for a very long time and, you know, we thought it was her and then come to find out it was me. And it was just like, wait a second here, this doesn't make sense. So, um, just kind of run back in the backstory of uh, us going to Brooklyn. Um, it was very important where I was just like, I don't want to go. My wife's like, please just go, just meet these people, try it out. And so I met Ryan and we had like an amazing conversation, uh, met other guys that was there that had the same thing. And, you know, it was encouraging enough to see that they are living normal lives and, you know, we're not kind of left out or we're, you know, obscure or anything like that. Like, so basically like my journey was a lot different from, anybody else at, at least what i think um but as far as you know having Kleinfelters, it's honestly it's it's, it's a blessing you know it, it, it got to sh- i got to i got to experience things that i've never experienced before like really trusting in my faith and, and and pouring my heart to god and and then getting a miracle baby out of all of this when they tell us the doctor said it was impossible uh people that, that say that you have a zero percent chance it's not going to happen and guess what uh today i have a, a seven month, nearly a seven month old uh boy his name is joshua uh he's the light of our life and uh his characteristics just beam through all of us and you know i i'm just i'm here on this phone call today just to tell you like there's hope and and i'm, I'm just excited to be on this call thank you so much ryan for having me yeah absolutely man and for all of you out there, there's a photo of Evan on the livingwithxxy.org website. It's the main photo where there's a bunch of guys in the photo and Evan's all the way onto the right, right? That's you? The, the clown one. That, that, is that the one that you posted? No, so world? I actually I actually oh. replaced the clown <laughs> one with a, a photo of all of us smiling. That's nice. Uh, well, the, the original one was where my tongue was at. I'm, I'm like super, uh, I'm super extroverted and, you know, like... I don't know. I, I think that's just, that's my, my true me, you know? Absolutely. Um, so, um, when, let's see, how old were you when you got diagnosed after, and how long were you guys trying for kids? Uh, we were trying for about three, maybe four years. Uh, I found out, I think twenty nine thirty. I found out. So like, you know, I wasn't, you know, like anybody else, I was living a normal life and, just there was no production and I was never tested. I had never donated sperm to know that I had no count. And, um, 
So that's that's when I found out. And so what's since finding out and since having what did you so what did you do? Did you do micro teas and IVF at the same time or or how did how did you go about, you know, pushing for to get that paid for and also to get to make that happen? Like how did you go from not having a diagnosis to having a diagnosis and then in a short period of time doing all this crazy doctors and all this stuff? Um, I was actually very fortunate um, uh, with the company I'm, I'm at now. Um, they had benefits, but the benefits just didn't uh, have the fulfillment for uh, the micro, the micro, I call it Tessie, but it, you said T-E-S-E, right? Yeah, um, it's, it's so, Tessie, Tease, I don't know. <laughs> all right, okay, no worries. Um, so they, they said it wasn't covered and, um, you know, I, I was in a, a midst of like, we're going to have this kid. We're going to find a way. I'm going to trust God on this. And my, my best friend, he actually reached out to me and he's like, Hey, I've, uh, they're hiring for my job, but it's a little bit out the norm because my job right now is I do door to door sales uh, in New York city where I knock on your door and I sell you cable and being, being an extrovert, this job is perfect for me. But uh, the job that he offered me was uh, basically basically inbound sales and making calls to uh, major corporations like vice presidents and presidents of companies uh, to sell them like a robotic pr- uh, product. So I ended up getting the job, and the, after they you know interviewed me and everything was all said and done, I had the job. They said, "Okay, well, uh, just so you know, your insurance is effective as of today," and we're like, you know. Any job you start, you have to wait like at least a month before you can even be enrolled into their program. And my wife, as soon as, as soon as she heard that, we digged in and we found out that, they, that the insurance covers it. And it was like the biggest miracle to find out. Oh my god! Like this, this, this costs way too much money. It costs over like fifty grand just to have everything done between her IVF and my surgery. And then you know, of course, me, um, you know, how to go through the the process with uh, HCG or GC or one of those. Um, and then I also had to take pills for like uh, breast cancer to kind of make sure my breast was kind of like lower in a sense. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a whirlwind of, of emotions and, you know, doing medicine that I've never done before. I, I don't even do medicine now of any sort. So um, just going through that, my, my body changing, but uh, yeah. It's that's where I am today, and going through the surgery was uh, was another thing. Yeah. Again, so, was, what was what, if you if you're cool with talking about it? What was the surgery like? All right. Uh, I guess I hope this is PG or PG oh, thirteen yeah. or something. I mean, just be just be you and and say it because I mean, it's something that a lot of guys out there that find out that they can't have kids. It's something that they look into. It's so new. There's not very much yeah. information about it. And I know the success rate isn't, there's no percentage out there of what the success rate is amongst those with Kleinfelter syndrome. But the fact that you and your wife are the only person that I know out of the people that have done it, um, that have had a, a miracle baby. I mean, let's, let's give it to these people. What, what's the process? And if you don't mind talking about it. Sure. I mean, the regular IVF process is a, a normal process that anybody can go and look up. But as far as like micro testing is concerned, it's a it's a whole whirlwind. Like I said, I had to had to take uh, certain shots uh, throughout the day, uh, throughout the week, and then I would have to take pills to make sure my my uh, my breast didn't grow or something along those lines. And um, you know, it was it was a scary moment because. Prior to having the surgery, the doctor was like, you know, you have a 4% chance, you know, and don't get your hopes up. 
a four, you know, they told 4%. you a 4% chance, 4% chance because they said based on the, you know, the, I was doing the, the needles and everything properly. And I was doing it on time and all that other stuff. I had a 4% chance of even finding anything. Wow. And, you know, through, through the, like I said before, like through our faith and, and trusting in Jesus was, you know, Hey Lord, like I'm going through this. I trust you. Like, uh, you know, sometimes people are like, Oh, God's not real. Or, uh, it's, it's a thing, you know, it's part of your imagination. But I think when you really believe in somebody that gave your gave his life for you, well, it's, it was super important for me. You know, a lot of my friends that were not believers, um, actually came over the, the hump in a sense and was like, you know, tiptoeing and going, well, I want to know more because you literally had no chance. And like, you know, like Drake says, zero to a hundred real quick. That's exactly what happened. So, um, <laughs> uh, the pro the process was absolutely insane. Like, you know, it's just, I think it's a lot on your mind. So, you know, always have a support system that's there to encourage you and let you know that this, there's, there's possibilities and taking, taking chances in life is part of life, you know? And, um, the, the process is basically they, uh, they, for microtesty, they have to cut open your uh, testicle to, to look inside and find anything at all. And um, usually the procedure, from in my case, um, should take anywhere from four to eight hours. They put you under. Um, they actually did something where um, prior to the surgery, they mentioned uh, that the spray to kind of like numb it down there. Um, it was FDA approved, but it wasn't like approved for the for the hospital. And they were saying, like, listen, it's better than having Vicodin. So it's just, you know, it's either you take Vicodin and then possibly be addicted to Vicodin or take this measure where we kind of numb you down there and then proceed with it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, with a lot of people, like any type of surgery or going under is a, a scary situation. But, um, yeah, I went, I went with it. Um, they called me um the 27th of february so my birthday's leap year uh, i have a birthday every four years so um there's a 28th so it was like my day to celebrate quote unquote and they called me and they're like this is the day you have to do it and i was like all right let's let's, let's get to it and uh fasted the whole day even the night before um went in there and went under and then 20 minutes later you know the doctor comes out my wife's like what the heck just happened what's what happened to my my husband you know and she's like he's like i found it i found swimmers like he's like the first incision that's all i had to do like i mean listen for his case he can hold the trophy but you know for a person that has zero percent or four percent i think this is uh you know this there has to you have to give some credit upstairs if that makes any sense you know totally so so like that's you know just knowing okay that's that's the first step finding swimmers and then you know getting the the ivf process and putting that together to make an embryo and uh by the by god's grace we actually have uh we have three more frozen embryos like ready to go so when we are ready uh, it might be soon not yet though soon enough so when you, when they told you about the surgery, did they tell you like what they do? Like, do they go in through your urethra or do they like cut open like from the outside or like how, how does that process work? I don't, I don't really know anything about it. Cool. So they, from my understanding is honestly, I'm going to be honest, like 
I went in there. My wife was just like, gun ho, like we, we got to get this. This is the only way. It was the only way. And I was like, I'll do whatever it takes. That's whatever awesome. it takes. You want you, you know, whatever it takes. I, I didn't, the details, I was just like, whatever, if this is what, if this is a 4% chance, I'm going to take it, you know, like, and, um, so they cut, uh, outside and they, they cut your testicle. So it, oh, just to give you some insight of the uh, post-surgery, the, it felt like somebody kicked me down there for, for repeatedly for a good three and a half, four weeks. And oh yeah. So like, I can only imagine if they didn't, um, and like introduce me to the spray that numbed me down there because if I was taking Vicodin, I, I mean, I can only imagine like, but I, I don't even want to imagine the pain, but it was just like, it seems unbearable, but when you find out the end results, you're like, okay, it was actually worth every, every ounce of pain, you know? So, and I mean, then it was different. Like, did but, they, did, did they like once they found, so did your wife give eggs like prior to the surgery or like, how long from when they found sperm to when they did the the uh, like embryo to when they implanted the embryo? Um, I believe it was the very next day or the day after where uh, my wife went in and then that's how they pulled her, her embryo. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes um, I kind of understand that. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I... I don't want to sound like I'm blinded, but I, I kind of was just like, whatever it takes for this to happen. And, you know, that's exactly what we went through. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah they, Sorry. Go ahead. My bad. I was just going to say, I was just going to say that they, you basically just, the, you, you keep saying all like whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Like you didn't, you, it sounds like you didn't really push to kind of learn about all the details and everything like that. You just were in it to, you know, God was with you and you were in it to just get it done and try it and see if it worked. And out of that 4% chance, you have this amazing seven month old son. Um, that's a really, really incredible story. Yeah. And you know, the thing is like, I, I personally like myself is like finding out too much information would probably like told me, I was probably like, no, uh, no, no, thank you. I, I don't think this is possible or the fear would be there or there would be doubt, but I think when, you know, when people talk about leap of faith, like I literally lived in a leap of faith. Literally, I went, I, I felt almost in a sense where like God was holding my hand. I went blindfolded and, and straight into it, you know? And I mean, listen, I, 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 like I said, for anybody else, like people have reached out to me. Um, like, you know, even if you didn't tag me, people would still find a way to find the person that, is in that photo that you posted up on Instagram or even posted up on your website. And, um, yeah, I mean, listen, people have reached out and I just encourage them just like, Hey, listen, just try it. You know, I mean, it's a lot of money, but, um, you know, people go to school and spend all this money and then work at a, you know, at a regular job and, and they're not even working in their career and through money. I think, I don't know if that's the same correlation, but it's the same thing. Like the money comes and go. You know, it's it's going to be here. It's going to be it's going to be gone, and vice versa. So like, just start run with it. You know. Yeah, totally. And speaking of like that leap of faith, so um, Evan has this. You have a company or a brand called Saved, and um, it's your own thing, and you've been doing it for a while. Could you uh, let the community know like what you do for work, and and also what kind of living in New York City, what the lifestyle is, and what you enjoy doing with your spare time. I know, I know that you're a father now, so you don't have as much spare time as 
you normally have, but what are you mm-hmm. doing out there in your community? Perfect. Um, yeah, so here in New York City, uh, if anybody's from New York, you have to understand that you have to have more than one gig to just get by or so forth. So, um, you know, I worked my nine to five as a cable guy going to homes and trying to sell them cable. But my where my heart is at is for my brain called Dave. Um, we actually started seven years ago, um, just pure, purely on a dream. Um, I had a dream that I was in uh, Madison Square Garden watching a live performer come outside with uh, on stage with a hat that, that said on the, the front of the hat that said saved. And I was just like, wow, that's incredible. I should make hats that say, say saved. And it took me like a year just to kind of like get over the fear and the hump of going, can I do this? And then it's like, God's like, yo, I got you. So I was like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. And ever since then, it's been, been incredible. Like I've, I've had, you know, celebrities wear it. I've had people wear it on big stages. Um, I've had people wear it while accepting an award. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's, when it comes to New York, you have to be super creative. You have to take every avenue and street that's available to you, you know, to go down. So, um, I also sell um, 90s, 2000s, vintage, anything like, you know, T-shirts that have like the Simpsons on it or um, your favorite basketball team on Michael Jordan jersey or something along those lines. I would be the guy to, to kind of fetch it and find it for you. Um, I mean, I have a real cool story is uh, actually just like, I think it was yesterday of last year. Um uh, I, had a, I had a buddy that reached out to me and was like, hey, Ev, um, I need you to do me a favor. Can you find me this jersey? And um, and I was like, all right, cool. What's a, what jersey are you looking for? And he's like, I'm looking for a Del Curry Raptors jersey. And I was like, who wants a Del Curry's Raptors jersey? Like, <laughs> Del Curry? Like, like this, this is the era of Michael Jordan. Who wants a Del Curry jersey? And he's like, well, it's for a high-profile client, and I need it by before game one of the finals and um i was like okay yeah let me let me reach out and uh i actually called my wife's best friend uh her husband has like close to 1500 jerseys and i was like hey um does your husband have this jersey and she's like yeah he does i'm like first call first phone call and i was just like all right um you know does he want to sell it she's like well del curry's his favorite player and i was just like wait what like who's again like who okay cool cool so we went we went just kind of short enough the story is just like we went through a whole negotiation with him and we actually got the jersey from him for a crazy amount of money um and the problem was that he made us wait in a couple days so um, me and my buddy we had to drive it to toronto so it can be there for game one of the finals and uh that person that's the high profile celebrity was uh drake and uh, oh yeah, I, I didn't get the opportunity to meet him, but just the experience alone was absolutely mind boggling. Like, you know, just to come think about it, like, holy snap, like this, this, this is nuts. Like to think about like they won the championship, but like as soon as he came outside with that jersey, the whole energy of the stadium shift, even like the Warriors didn't know how to act. Like it was just like, I, I and you were a honestly, part of like, and you were a part of that. I am part of like NBA history. And it's like, come to think about all this is like, my wife is like, it's like four months, five months pregnant while I'm going out there doing this. Like, you know, and 
it's it, listen at the end of the day i'm like this is a story to like remember like 2019 was definitely the year for me to remember because 2018 was uh you know full of sorrow and sadness of like i'm never gonna have kids i'm never gonna do anything and then trusting in god once more and then you know 2019 was like insane like you know having my son in november you know uh may 31st delivering a, the most legendary jersey in NBA history and uh yeah that's so that's what i do i sell vintage or i find some stuff or if the listeners are listening and your closet that your dad has you might find something really special in there shoot me a dm i, I might buy it from you you know <laughs> you know so um but yeah, my brand is saved. Uh, been doing it seven years and uh, focusing on, uh, I make merchandise basically for an individual that, you know, believes in Jesus, um, can go into the street and be fashionable. But also when people are curious enough to ask you what's on the shirt, like, I don't understand it's a cool shirt, but what's it mean? Or a hat that, that I had a hat that was in Hebrew. Um, that said saved and a lot of the Hispanic Jews would come up to me and be like, wow, that's an amazing hat. God bless you and all that. So like, I, I try to make stuff that is not, that, that is cool, but at the same time, like gives you an opportunity to invite Jesus into somebody's life. And that's where my focus is at. Right on, man. And what's your, uh, what's your Instagram <laughs> handle? And do you have a website for uh, your, your company? Sure. Uh, for saved, it's at S A V E D at saved. And then the, the website is SavedCo, so S-A-V-E-D-C-O dot com. Um, I mean, maybe later on we can make like a, you know, I, I can do like an XXY and keep it up there for like 15% if you guys want. You yeah, know, well, if you we, could, we could do a collaboration at some point, you know, in the future or whenever, Perfect. whenever uh, you know, people are out there spending money. I don't, I don't know about right now, but... <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there's something in the in the long run for that that that'd be pretty cool, pretty awesome to do some limited edition series or something. Absolutely. I'm I'm totally down for that. So, anything um what do you like before your diagnosis, what were you doing for fun before you were a father? What uh you're born are you born and raised in New York and you you've never left? Uh, born and raised in uh Queens. Um never left, but you know, my, my father lived in Brooklyn for a little bit, so I kind of, you know, made my way over there, but never left the big city. And, you know, through what's going on now, I kind of, you know, having a child, you're like, I kind of want to leave here. But uh, prior to having a kid, um, I've been married with my wife. Uh, this August actually makes 10 years, and I'm turning, thir- uh, we just, I just turned 32. So we've been, we got married at like 22, and it was just like, it was insane. It was, everybody thought we were crazy and said it wasn't going to last. And, you know, we're about to hit our 10 year mark, which is pretty cool. But, uh, prior to being a dad was, um, I'm a hardcore thrifter. Uh, you can find me on the Salvation Army or Goodwill. I will, I will, I will do garage sales and, and, and see your family. And if somebody has something cool, I would be there and buy it and hopefully, you know, resell it for a good profit, you know? So, Absolutely. But, yeah, hardcore thrifter. Hardcore thrifter. Yeah. Well, um, when you were, so a little bit back, a little backstory back to when you were diagnosed, you talked about like 2018 was like a year of like disparity, depression, like, you know, and then 2019 you had your son when you were diagnosed, like what were some of those feelings that you experienced? Like, and how, 
when you did receive your diagnosis, how did you receive it? Was it like at a doctor's office or was it over the phone? So I actually had to, um, we, we went to these clinics to, to test my sperm out and they're like, nothing. And then my wife's over here like, what do you mean you have nothing? What is going on? Like, or, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. You know, and then being accused of, you know, not, not having sperm. Like, are you, are you doing crazy things? I'm like, I'm not doing anything, you know? Like, <clears throat> so, um, we went to this one doctor and, uh, he's like, you know, pull your pants down. And I'm like, what? And like, uh, <laughs> I don't even go to my, I don't even go to my regular doctor for this. Like, like, what do you mean? He goes, I have to check. I, I got to check. And I'm just like, nah, man, like, uh, I don't know. So he's checking and I'm asking him a, a thousand different weird questions. That's like, hey, how long have you been uh, a bull doctor for? You know, like weird things. <laughs> like, why am I, why am I asking these weird questions? Like, and I'm just so nervous. I, I, you know, I never went through this. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh well, you know, we're gonna have to, we have to go back to my office and talk about this. And I'm just like, am I gonna die? Like, you know, is what, what is going on here? You know, and we go to the office and they're like, you know, you have something called Kleinfelder's. And I was like, well, no, what is that? And it's a, it's a syndrome. It's a syndrome. No. No, 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 I'm sitting there like, what the heck? We got to get the hell out of here. Do I get a second opinion? This guy's nuts. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, and it, it was just like, you know, but hearing that, they're like, well, you know, you're not going to have kids. You know, and this is something, you know, you have to think about the bad thing or something like that. You know, your, your sperm count is way too low. You have no testosterone. Like, you're just, you're just, you're fit. And, you know, hearing that is just like, oh, my God, like, like, I've been living a lie, like, basically, my whole life, I have not been living like every other male that's out there, but that was not true, you know, and at the time, that was, you know, very sad, and I was depressed, I was, like, actually, like, I was eating my emotions, and, like, gaining weight, and just being just sad, and, you know, prior to meeting you guys, like, you know, I think I think even meeting the group was uh, like a, a, a open. There was a light of hope because there's just like okay, there's other people that's out there, and they're not they're not weird. They're not you know like you you look at like the conditions and you know it's like these people, yeah, they're they're not going to be they're going to be introverted and they're not going to be accepting of who I am. And then you I met you guys and like oh these guys are rock stars. This is a powerhouse group over here, you know. And I I think after my first like uh meet up with you guys i felt more confident that i had clients this and i i wasn't alone and i i wasn't different you know yeah so absolutely it, that that alone thing is what we hear from the moment i started raising awareness and meeting people just people for their first time meeting somebody else that has this they instantly like a lot of them say that that feeling of being alone like lifts off their shoulders and they've met somebody else that lives you know, a quote unquote normal life or that is interested in the same things they are or whatever that may be. Um, they're so connected with that other person that they want to like just sit down and talk. And I know when we were on that Brooklyn's uh, meetup, I was only in New York for like a day and uh, Luke and um, who else was there? Uh, Jesse was there. And then mm-hmm. some, uh, one, one more person was there and um, I forgot his name, but I mean, all just kind of were around the same age and we kind of just talked and, and hung out and like talked about what we did. And it was almost like instantly we had like this brotherhood of friends just because we have like an extra X chromosome. 
So that's definitely like really cool. And, and to have that photo be like the main photo is such an awesome thing. And then to find out that you guys, like, I remember you guys contacted me and you guys called me and you said like, Hey, we're pregnant. And I was like, no way. Like, this is something that they tell everybody, like, you're not going to be able to have kids. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that haven't had success with microtis or they've done donor sperm or they've chosen adoption. Like, even though they're doctors, everybody told them, Hey, you're not going to be able to ever be a dad or be a father. They've like defined, you know, they, they've said, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you stop me from being a dad. Um, and it's so cool to just have you on today and talk to you a little bit about your life. Um, is there anything else out there that you want to, you want to say, or what would you tell others out there that are being diagnosed, um, like later on in life, like you were, uh, it's not over, uh, keep running your race. Um, you know, I think the community is, you know, when we first, when I first look at the community from maybe a year or two years ago, it was, it was small and I think we're growing by the numbers and, uh, you know, you are not different. You are not alone. You're not weird. Um, you're actually, you're still God's gift and there is still hope. Um, so, you know, I, I say, you know, you can reach out to me, you can reach out to Ryan. Um, don't fear, you know, like I, I, I looked at it at first, like this was a negative and it's been absolutely nothing but a positive where, you know, my emotions as a man is not, not really there because my testosterone is low, but you know, it makes me a different person. And I'm, you know, I can only imagine if I had testosterone, I don't know who I would be. I, I would I would be scared to know, you know, if I had the normal male testosterone with my extrovert uh, character or whatnot, but, um, you know, I'll leave you guys with this. Like, you know, I, I would, I would, I would be encouraged if you guys would reach out to me. I don't mind praying for you guys. I don't mind even like doing anything, like any, any kind of conversations, you know, DM me by all means and let's talk, you know, you feel alone. I want to talk to you. You feel like you're misunderstood. Let's have this conversation because I, I want to, I really believe that you're not mis misunderstood. And I believe that there is more, more for you. If you just trust, trust in God, you know, and I think that's very important. And, and what's, your, what's your, what's oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. Didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was no, just going to, I was just going to say, what's your uh, Instagram handle that you want people to contact you at? Sure. Um, my personal Instagram is called uh, Evan Worldwide. It's E-V-A-N-W-O-R-L-D-W-I-D-E. So spelled out correctly. Um, you can follow me. My page is wide open. So you'll see pictures of my son. You'll see pictures of Dave. You'll see pictures of random days that, you know, things that I do and as a normal person and, uh, you know, and you know, the real, the real cool thing is that, you know, I'm not going to disclose this person's name. I haven't had that conversation with them yet, but I actually had a, a boss that, that had, uh, that has client which is, you know, when I was having this conversation with him that during the time that Sabrina was pregnant, I was telling him like, you know, I have this extra chromosome and, you know, I'm trying to like downplay it. And he's like, Oh, you have client filters. And I was like, huh? Like, how do you know this? And he's like, Oh, I have it too. The only thing is that when he was he was younger, they they thought it was cancer, and they snipped one testicle off, unfortunately. So, um, you know, that was that was something that was like he's a little bit older than I am, but he is a very successful business owner here in New York. And um, just just to kind of like put put it up there, like, hey, listen, we we are still normal people. We are still successful people, and we can make a lot of things happen by just pushing forward. So. 
you know, maybe that would be the encouragement today is like, you know, like hearing my story and hearing how I, I continue my day to day. There's other people that's out there that are very successful at have clients, but there's, there's people out there that have no idea they have it. And, you know, when they do have it, I think, you know, as a, our community, we could be, um, we can share light onto it and, and really encourage people to, you know, grow from it. So yeah, you can, you can DM me at, uh, Evan worldwide, um, by all means. Um, I'll share my phone number with you through DM and we can, we can talk, we can FaceTime, whatever. I'm, I'm totally for it. That's rad, man. I appreciate you just reaching out to the community like that and wanting to help other people and be able to talk one-on-one. I know that there's so many people out there that like when me and you first talked on the phone as well, like, and I talked to your wife, um, there's so many people out there that have so many questions that want to hear other people's lives and other people's success stories. So it's been incredible having you on the show and I really appreciate you sharing your story and um, just reaching out and being, being a support, you know, being a support system for a lot of other people out there that you might not know. And um, that impact on them could also have them, you know, turn around and, and want to share their story and want to help other people just like them. So we appreciate it. Excellent. And uh, thanks Thank so, you so much. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. Love you. XXY guys. I love the community. Ryan, I love you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries.